Blog Talk Radio.
everyone. Thank you for tuning in. This is T. Love, your host here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am a certified reconnective healing practitioner, sound therapist, and positive psychology practitioner with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. Our chat room is open, so feel free to join the discussion. We do keep an eye on the chat room, so if you have a question, go ahead and post it, and we'll do our best to get your question on air. As an alternative, for those of you who are on the go, you can't continue to listen online, call us directly by dialing 347-202-0227, and that way you can listen via phone, or please be sure to use your Bluetooth if you are driving about. Our sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. And with Audible.com, you can listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want, and you can get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. That's audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. We have a very special guest on the show today. She's been here before, and she is so very delightful. Marnie Mekradakis is the author of Creating Time, which we discussed the last time she joined us, and happens to be a number one hit on Amazon's bestseller list in several categories. Her newest book, Hop, Skip, Jump, 75 Ways to Playfully Manifest a Meaningful Life, is our topic for today. And Marnie is also the founder of both the Artella Online Community for Creators of All Kinds, as well as the print magazine Artella. Uh, She's a popular speaker and workshop leader, and she created the Art Abundance Approach of Self-Discovery Through Art. So Marnie, welcome back to Energy Awareness Radio. Thank you so much for taking time to join us yet again. How have you been? I have been so great, and I just have to say, you know, when, when when a book comes out, you do a lot of these conversations, and sometimes they sort of start blurring together a little bit, um, but our conversation last time with, with uh, Creating Time has really stuck with me, and so I, um, that really, it, it stood out as a favorite, and so I truly am, really and truly, authentically delighted to be here again with you, T. I think you do great work, and I love getting the chance to talk. Oh, well, thank you so much. You know, your your new book, Hop, Skip, Jump, is about manifesting, while your previous book, Creating Time, is about, well, okay, it's just that. It's creating time in your life. And I've read both, and it seems to me that Hop, Skip, Jump is, is a perfect sequel, if you will, to your first book. It's like a natural flow from creating time for your life to manifesting that life in a meaningful way. Was Was the idea to continue the process, was that the basis for the book? You know, it really wasn't, although I think that they do really go hand in hand. Um, Really, when I was talking with the publisher, New World Library, uh, about doing a new book, I I was really wanting to do something um, really fun. I mean, I just, I think especially these past years, I I just really seeped into this idea of living a play ethic and just living in a world where work feels like play more and more of the time. And that has just been the place that I've loved to dwell, and that's what I really wanted to wanted to write about is something that was really tapping into that amazing energy of play. And as the book really kind of came into being and being about using play as a manifesting superpower, yeah, it did make sense that, you know, once you, you, you create time and then once you have some spaciousness with time and a new relationship with time, then, yeah, you want to fill your life with meaningful play and things that really matter and things that tap into the, the width and breadth of your life. 
Um, so while they intentionally weren't really necessarily to be a pair, the two books go together nicely. And, of course, you know, when somebody says when they get hop, skip, jump, and they see all these 75 ways to uh, tap into play to manifest and say, oh, I don't have time to do these. Of course, it's nice to say, oh, but go and get creating time. <laughs> so they do go together kind of nicely, and I'm glad that you picked up on that. Absolutely. I mean, to me, it was, you know, if you're going to do one, get the other one and, and start there and then go forward with this one because people do say, wait a minute, 75, wait, 70, do I have to do all 75? And they think, oh, my yeah. goodness, this isn't an assignment, you know? It's kind of funny the yeah. way people – Oh, it just it just drives me crazy when that happens because it's like, no, you don't have to do all seventy five. <laughs> <laughs> well, and this book specifically really was designed so that you don't have to do seventy five. I mean, I, I think the ideal way to use this book is literally to, to pick it up and go to any page to get one of these tools to kind of shake things up. And while they're organized into some categories in terms of the different kind of manifesting energy that you want to activate, uh, my intention is that you can open up the book and that any of the tools will kind of shake up the snow globe of your life a little bit and get you thinking in a little bit of a different way. So, yeah, I think it's really important to say, chill out. You don't have to do 75 things. <laughs> Pick a page and let this book live with you. Well, I love the way you worded that. Shake up the snow globe of your life. I collect snow globes and I love them. I'm going to steal that line from you. <laughs> you do. You collect snow globes. Now, that is so playful. What, what do they yeah. do for you? Why do you have them around you know when you pick it up and you shake it and, and it's got all the snow is falling and of course you know how they're different they're either white or they're mm-hmm. those uh translucent ones or some are finer mm-hmm. than others and it just draws me in i mesmerized but the scene inside and the music on some of them they have music and the music that it plays it just allows me to to sit there and be present in that moment and automatically relax i relax with the snow globes there are uh, quite a few of them that i keep around the house after the holidays, most of them are, are holiday, you know, Christmas snow globes. But there are quite a few that I do keep around, and I don't care what people think. <laughs> I love that, and that's such a great example of something that I think is really important when we look about bringing more playful energy into our lives is just the the, the playthings, you know, the things that are in our environment, whether they're old toys or beautiful pieces of art or um, or uh, items from nature that we love, or snow globes. They're those things that, that pull us in and pull the best of us out. Um, I love what you just said, that you can just get lost in the world of a snow globe and it helps you be present. That's a playful way to be present. You know, people think of mindfulness and manifesting as kind of, you know, ooh, that's serious. <laughs> so that's why I love, yeah. you know, this, this is a great example to you that you take a snow globe and a snow globe helps you be present. That's a playful way to be mindful. I love it. Yeah, it, it just really, I, I love it. Whenever I see snow globes, I just am drawn over to them just to see what they are. And I don't love all of them. I, you know, I don't fall in love with every snow globe I see out there. But for the most part, if I see a snow globe and it has something in it that just triggers something within me, I'm like, oh, I gotta have that snow globe now. <laughs> Mm. I love that. I love that. Well, we're fellow snow globe admirers, and yeah, now you have yeah. a new line that you can <laughs> that you can use <laughs> to shake up a snow, snow globe, globe in your life. life. I love yeah. that. I do. Oh my goodness. You know, and I've always held the belief that you know, if I'm not having fun while I'm working, it isn't worth doing. Whatever it is you're doing is not worth doing. And there are there are always aspects to your job that you have that you may not love, but 
what you love about your work usually far outweighs those things that you have to do that you don't particularly care for. So, mm-hmm. you know, I knew you felt the same way, and you're saying you feel the same way. And, you know, you use the word play an awful lot, and you came up with these three phases that represent manifestation strengths. So how did you figure those out or develop them? How did you determine that those were what they were? Yeah, yeah. Well, first I'll just mention what they are, and then I we can kind of backtrack a bit. Um, so the name of the book is Hop, Skip, Jump. And as you say, those words refer to phases of the manifestation process. And so hop is the phase where we are dreaming and brainstorming and visioning and planning, really just experiencing that vision and being present with the idea and really diving into what it all, what all it might entail. Skip is the phase where we are exploring and experimenting and dabbling and, and you know, trying a little bit of this. Oh, let me go try that. That, that spontaneous, trying, um, experimental place. And jump is the phase that's all about the conscious commitment, action, completion. And so the book is divided into these three sections that these are three different energies in us that we can tap into. And most of us have one that is kind of our predominant strength, and then we can strengthen the other two. And it was really interesting how they came to be here in this format. Um, I actually talked about and, and, and taught about different aspects of manifesting before, um, and I, in, in thinking of it as that sort of gearing up, gaining momentum, and then jumping. But it wasn't until I, the, the words hop, skip, jump came to me for the title of the book, and I thought they were fun, and I, 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 I smile when I said them, which is always my litmus test for a good name. And, and they implied movement, which is what, to me, manifesting is all about. Manifesting is really just about movement and momentum. What moves us is what moves us. And then once I landed on the, those words as a, as a book title that I really liked, it was really neat because I realized how those three um, somatic body gestures and, and body movements corresponded to the kind of work I was already teaching about breaking down manifestation energies into three different parts. So it was kind of one of those happy little links from the universe that said, aha, here you go. So, um, yeah, to answer your question, it, 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 uh, the name came first, but then it just seeded itself so nicely uh, into to work that I was already doing. And from there, it just made so much sense to organize the book into 25 ways for each of the styles to really activate that kind of, um, that, that phase, that stage, that place in the manifesting process. And I think that we can all, I mean, I know that I can. When you look at, so I'm, I'm currently doing, I do a lot of volunteer work. And so as a volunteer, sometimes you come up with a project idea and you see it through from start to finish. And you may not be actively involved in each piece because other people volunteer to help you with it, but you have your hand in it to know where it's going and make sure that it, it comes to fruition. And I find that you end up going through all three phases when you're manifesting something. You have to, right? You have to, yeah. I think that if, if yeah. 
if if you look at anything that you've manifested in your life, anything, whether it's, you know, just a goal that you've reached or um, something that you created or completed, it's some in some way you've touched all of those phases. You at some point have had the dream, you've tried something, and then you've committed to completion. And conversely, on the other side of that, when you look at the things that you wanted to manifest that didn't necessarily turn out in the way you wanted, I think it can be really helpful to look and say, okay, well, which of those phases could have been stronger? What was missing? And what's interesting is that we we all have a phase, sometimes it's two, but more than often it's one, that is our natural lane. It's it's where we're most comfortable, maybe not even necessarily where we've developed skills, but just at our natural organic self where we're most inclined to hang out if if we could right <laughs> if we could do anything we wanted mm-hmm. and the book starts with a quiz and I also have it online on my website where you can find out if you are primarily a hopper skipper or jumper and that in itself I think is really important because it starts helping us see the things that we do naturally as real strengths, and sometimes these are things that we kind of tend to feel bad about ourselves because, you know, we're we're seeing them sometimes as limitations. Um, an example is that someone who is a very strong hopper, that's the dreaming and visioning phase, she's probably heard her whole life, oh, you're such a dreamer, you never do anything. And someone who's a skipper has probably heard either in her own inner dialogue or from others, oh, you're always going around. When are you going to pick something? And then the jumper's hearing, oh, don't you ever think anything through? <laughs> you know, so we hold on to these things that are really strengths of ours. But we can get a lot of energy attracted to them and seeing them as deficits. So the quiz is helpful because not only does it help us identify the way that who we already are and who we are naturally, how that can play a role in the manifestation process, it also gives us a sense of, oh, okay, here are some places I can kind of tickle a little bit to wake them up, and that's going to give me a greater sense of accomplishment and and greater satisfaction in my results with whatever I want to create. I liked the test. I took the test. And, and I realized after I took the test, it wasn't my light. I took the test, and I thought, huh, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> and then I, t- I read the test to someone else, and I said, okay, let's, you take the test. And as she was answering the questions, I was like, no, no, why is she saying this? Why is she saying this? And it hit me. She was doing what I was doing when I took the test. So then we switched, and we, we, asked each, we, we took the test for the other person. And at a core, I wasn't doing it from a core level. I was doing it for what's going on right now and what I'm trying yep. to make happen yep. and where I am. And so I messed up. And she did the same thing. And I said, see, we're doing it wrong. This is hitting me now. I'm having an aha moment. You have to do it. Let's trade. I'll do you. You do me. Yes. And then we realized what we really were. And I am a hopper skipper. So I, I fluctuate back and forth because I am a dreamer, but I'm also somebody who does I, I move forward and I, I get excited and I want to try something uh-huh. and I create uh-huh. momentum I, and I get other people invigorated. And she yes. was not whatever it was that it came up with. She was, she was definitely just a skipper for the most part. Uh-huh. So it was kind uh-huh. of funny uh-huh. to, to see that. So I encourage people take the test, but then ask somebody else to take it for you as you. <laughs> That's a great 
idea, and, and you know, that, that is something that, that, that has come up that I think is, is a really good tool, you know, because it's one thing to say, like you said, you know, t- take it as your core self. Really look at what's most true of you. Or, you know, think about it as yourself over, over the whole span of your life rather than just now. Um, but I think that's such a great idea to have the perspective of somebody else. Um, because that's something, you know, it's interesting when I started sort of testing out the test, so to speak, and getting clients and, and students to take it. It was interesting how often the results, you know, especially if there were people that I knew very well, and, you know, I could see just like you could with your friend, like, wait, really? That's how you would answer that question? And yeah. um, and so, yeah, I, I, I love that's a real quick way to get to, to, to that, that core energy is ask somebody who knows you really well to take it as you. That's brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, because I kept thinking, oh, she's thinking about the situation she's going through. And then I realized that's what I was doing. Because it's hard. You keep thinking, well, I'm like this, but no, I'm doing this, so I must be like this. Yes. You, you doubt yourself. You second-guess yourself, yes. and then you pick the one for where you are now. Yes. So, yeah. I think and that's the difference think, between rather than in the quiz, and, and I, I certainly encourage people when they take the quiz online or in the book, to not answer what you do, but uh, – but why you do it, what you really want, you know, go from the who you really are rather than what you're actually doing. And, it, and, and that, you know, it, it, those are different things sometimes. Um, and one thing that I've, I've heard from people who've taken the, the, the quiz, not only is it helpful in learning about themselves, but when they come together and take it with coworkers or colleagues or friends, not only can these other people be really helpful and insightful, as you and your friend were to one another, but you can also start to see why some relationship dynamics work really well and some, and, and some um, may still need some strengthening. Uh, when I work with companies, one thing that is really important in terms of teams is making sure that all three of these strengths are represented on a team. Um, if you've got a, a team, some kind of a, a development team, and you've got you know only skippers, or you've just got hoppers, you know, it's it's not going to be as successful and balanced as if you've got, unless you've got all three of them represented. However, having all three of them represented, sometimes that leads to greater potential for some disharmony just because there are different, um, you know, different outlooks, different opinions. But again, bringing in this idea of, okay, here are three approaches to manifestation, and let's see these all as strengths and all the really value the role that, that all of us play. Um, I find that can be really helpful in um, the workplace dynamics as well as personal dynamics too. I would think so, but I also found that because I took it, let's say, wrong, <laughs> <laughs> let's say I took it wrong, because I took it wrong, I realized, wait a minute, I'm stuck in the hop stage. Now I have to go read the skip part to see what to do next because I keep sitting. I kept in a project that I'm working on now, I'm still in hop. I'm still in hop. And I thought, why am I, why is nothing manifesting? Well, because I haven't moved to skip. So the realization came through as I took it for this particular project. When I realized I'm taking this test wrong, it was very helpful because then I knew, mm-hmm. oh, now you know where to go. So I found yeah. the, the test to be twofold. So it can be very useful for a lot of things. It's not just a, a one-shot test and this is who you are. I found it to be like a guide so that on anything I'm working on, I can see why is this not moving forward because you're stuck mm-hmm. here, T, now you've got to do this. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and um, ideally, I also think 
that one of the things that is is um, I think is, is is interesting in talking to people about about the book is that there's there's sort of a um, kind of a knee-jerk understanding of this idea that, you know, hop, skip, jump, or kind of go in order or hierarchical. And I think what really works is actually kind of blending them all together so that any given project, even on one single project, if you look at, you know, what your week of tasks or your month of actionable steps, the actions you're taking, it's a really good idea to kind of have a mix of Hop actions, skip actions, and jump actions because, you know, you're probably in one phase with, you know, with both feet more than others at any given time. But just to keep the awareness, um, I am a full-out jumper. I mean, if I take my own quiz and if I'm honest and really going from that core level, I'm like, you know, all but two questions. I'm just full-out jumper. But I am most satisfied with my results when I'm bringing more hop and more skip in. So I, mm-hmm. my play is to really go into those spots, even though I just want to jump, to go in and do some of that planning and dreaming and do the experimenting and exploring because that's where I'm going to be most satisfied. And so, you know, I think it's the blend. That's that's the piece that I really want to get across. It's that all three of these really work together. And one isn't better than another. And I've had purple people say like, Oh, you know, this book is gonna this book is all about getting to jump. Well, that's not necessarily the case. <laughs> it's about really having all three of them come together because that's when we have that manifestation success. Yeah, I think you worded it right in your book when you said these are your manifestation strengths, so you know where your area of strength is. So that let's say I'm working on a project and my strength is hop, okay, mm-hmm. and somebody else says, all right, they, their strength is skip. It's good to talk with that person to get to the yeah. next step, and then you have a jump. It's good to talk with, just like you said, in the workplace. It's good to have that because you do need to go through all three phases in order to get there, but you need to know where your strength is so that you can work yeah. on the others. And we're on the other or bring in other relationships or collaborations. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And and you can be in the hop stage and and you can stay in the hop stage in a project because things are coming in all the time. Well, let's add this to it. Well, let's add that to it while Mm -hmm. you're in the skip and jump stage for other aspects of the project. So all three do. I could see like overall, if you if you were to look down at it from above, you could see how it all could just make a beautiful circle that constantly just goes around and around with new ideas coming in and going through the process, if you will. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's actually really interesting to just look at, you know, again, kind of looking at a task list or your planner or however you organize your next action step. This is something I'll do with clients. And just put a little HSJ, hop, skip, or jump by each of the tasks or sometimes it can be even more fun to draw a little stick figure doing the little motion. And you start to kind of see, okay, well, if my week, if all of this is skipping stuff, well, how might I bring in a little jump or a little hop? And, and you know, it's a nice way to bring balance to even just a, a week's worth of, of action and movement. It's, it's a nice perspective. And it's very simple and, and easy to do. It's it's um. Uh, I think a very easy way to kind of get a quick look at the balance of just you know where you're putting your energy. And I think too that if people looked back at simple things that they've manifested, because we tend to think we're manifesting something and they're all big ticket items that you don't manifest right. 
absolutely everything, and we do. But if you look at the the funny little quirky, stupid things, let's say, that you manifest, you know, you're, you're looking for something, you see something, and you say, oh, yeah, I have to get one of those. And then three days later, it comes up again, and you have it. You manifested that. But people think, oh, yes. it just happened. No, it didn't. If you look at that, and you realize that when you saw it, you got excited, and then you took action, and maybe you wrote somebody a note, and they sent something back, and there it was. You did that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's real. It's real easy to do when there's no emotion involved. When Now you add the emotion in. That makes it a little bit harder. So, you know, if you practice on the easy, simple things, the things that are more emotionally based will work. It just may take some time. Yeah, and a lot of that is, you know, that, that whole idea of anything when we're looking at, you know, uh, at a um, – energetics in this kind of way and, you know, seeing uh, the, the ways that our, that our, our, our thoughts and our feelings become um, expressed and, and manifested in the outside world. You know, it's such a, it's a great idea to just practice on things that don't really matter, <laughs> you know, because right. that's where you get and, and pay attention. That's what you're saying, which I love. Pay attention to the things that don't matter, quote, don't matter. Um, because that's where you can kind of see, okay, I see how this is working, and, you know, hold on to that. Um, I think that that's that's really important and and a great thing to note. Yeah, it's the feeling that's behind the words that actually allows the action to happen and to bring things into being. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, and I love the way that you, you use the word play. That is a huge word for this book. You know, don't forget how to do that. We're so busy doing and not being, which is why, you know, I always ask people, like I said to you, how have you been? That's proper. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people say, oh, how do you do? I'm like, how do you do mm-hmm. what? And so I always say, how do you be? And people look at me like I'm crazy or I'll say, how are you being? Because that's what we are. We're being. We're not yeah. doing. We're being. And, you know, we need to be, we need to play. Play allows us to be in the present moment, to create, to imagine, to dream, all that stuff, and have fun. Is that what you meant by play? I think that play, you know, we think of we think of play and work as being these mutual exclusive opposites. You know, we've kind of societally bought into this idea that, um, that, that work is hard, you know, and that success comes from hard work. And so anything that's worth doing, it's, it's got to be hard. It's got to be effort. And we associate that effort with those great results. And as a result of what's going on just in, you know, in our world and how everything is being set up, and then there's that, um, there's that, uh, uh, that, that drive of immediacy, you know, that's new, this, 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 uh, feeling of, of immediacy and, you know, needing to immediately respond to a text or plug in and know everything. And, mm-hmm. you know, things are speeding up in the way we're processing things cognitively. So what happens is that when we're not revved up, we're just kind of numbed out because we just have to escape all of these neurons firing away in our head. And so a lot of our, quote, downtime is used for just pure uh, mind-numbing activities. You know, that's where we get lost on social media or reality TV or, or what have you. And meaningful play, play that elevates who we are, enjoyment that expands us, that, that kind of gets lost between these two extremes 
of being revved up or being numbed out. Um, I think of play as not just activity. Play isn't just, you know, something that that is um, that we enjoy. But play is is a portal to presence and being alive. It's the thing that allows us to be in our most open. You know, we, we think of uh, of children who play so naturally. They naturally gravitate toward what they want to do. And we know nobody would ever debate the fact that a child is going to learn more, absorb more, develop more fully if they're engaged in play. You know, we, we understand that, that playing taps children into their natural selves. Well, big children are like that too. <laughs> We're going <laughs> to get more done. We're going to be more committed and connected when it's fun. And like you said at the beginning of this, tea, if, if it's not fun, then why in the world are we doing it anyway, you know? Um, right. So, you know, so I think that there's something very spiritual about play because it just brings yeah. us to that place that it's it's what we would be doing if if what we'd be doing what we would be doing any anyway. So we take away stripping away the results to just being in the place of enjoyment and bliss. And for some people that means beauty and for some people that means silliness and for some people that means whimsy. Play can mean all kinds of things, but it really is that portal to finding our presence. And it also happens to be something really useful when it comes to being productive, because if we're having fun, we are much more likely to get it done. <laughs> True, and it's vital to your health as well, because if you're in that in that energy of playfulness and you're getting things done, you're positive, everything is flowing well for you, and you're automatically bringing in endorphins that are better for your body and you're not stressed out. And when you're not stressed out, which is, you know, 100%, as far as I'm concerned, of the reason we get the diseases we get, it's the root mm. cause of all of them, then you don't have that. You're, you're less yeah. stressed and you're more mindful of what is going on. I'll give you an example. I just got back on Monday from this place in Michigan called Frankenmuth, Michigan. And my friend said to me, it was my birthday, and she said, we, she's a flight attendant, she said, we can go anywhere you want in the world. We can go to Paris, we can go to Brussels, we can go to Puerto Rico, we can go to Hawaii, we can go anywhere you want. Where do you want to go? And I said, I don't know, nothing's really doing it for me. And she said, well, there's got to be something. And I said, well, I don't want to go to Paris. I mean, not now. And, you know, I didn't want to go to Europe at all. And so I said, there is a place I'd like to go. And she said, where? I said, Frankenmuth, Michigan. And she said, Franken who? And I said, Frankenmuth, <laughs> Michigan. And she said, what's in Frankenmuth, Michigan? Well, I'm a Christmasaholic. I have 16 Christmas trees in my house. It's crazy here at Christmas time. And I said, they have the biggest Christmas store in the world. I saw it on the Travel Channel during the holidays, and I thought, I want to go there someday. Well, someday came a month later. So there I was in Frankenmuth, Michigan, over the weekend. And I have to tell you, these people are so happy. This, this business, this company, Brauners is the name of it, it's the biggest Christmas store in the world. They do everything, you know, people go there on trips to, it's a huge tourism place. I'm in this place that's like seven and a half football fields, I think they said is the size of it. It's huge. 600 employees. 
they had a Christmas party. You know, their holiday party was on Saturday night, and their theme was Hawaii, and everybody brought a spouse or significant other. So 1,200 people got together on Saturday night. Then they were there on Sunday morning working the 600 that, you know, or, or however many were there working on, on Sunday. Every person was extremely nice, very positive. It was visceral. You knew you were in a place where everybody was so – it was unbelievable. We were in the present moment the entire time. The entire time, and it was just so good to go there and be playful and be enjoy. I came home with so many ideas of things that I wanted to do for the the organizations that I volunteer for, and they weren't related to Christmas. It just inspired me to come up yeah. with things as I was writing them down. So playfulness, that was playful for me. That was very much playful. It was like 70 yes. hours. Yeah. It was crazy. And they yeah, had snowblobs, by the way. <laughs> Oh, my God, I'm in love with this place. When you first said it, it sounded like some yeah. kind of, you know, monster character or something. It's called um, the, the, that little, the Little Bavaria. Yeah, it's called the Little Bavaria of Michigan, and it is. You feel like you're in Bavaria, only you never left the country. You didn't have to go through customs. It's great. Oh, it's my great. gosh. Well, and you, what yep. you said is this is so awesome, is that you, you played, you went someplace, that was a playful environment that didn't even necessarily have to do with things that you're working on in your own life. I mean, you happen to love Christmas, so obviously in this case there was a, you know, a connection that brought you there. But what you just said, what I heard you say, is that you came home with ideas and momentum and motivation that didn't even have to do with Christmas. And that's what I think oh, is course. so cool about getting tapping into play is that things so simple. It can be in the middle of a busy day, taking a break to go toss a Frisbee outside, and it just clears your mind to come mm-hmm. up with those new ideas or to take that next step. So of course, that has nothing to do with Frisbee. It has to do with freedom. And that's exactly what you're talking about, is just freeing things out by being in an environment that supports play. And then look, look what happens after that. That's beautiful. It, you know, it is, and it's, it's, it's the way that it makes you feel. I mean, I love to do certain things like knitting, crocheting, cross-stitching, sewing, cooking, baking. There are other people who will say, oh, my God, those are chores. I can't do them, and they want to go for a run. Well, I'd rather go for a walk. You know, they yeah. want to go to the gym and work out. I have a Bowflex machine in my basement. That's where I work out. I don't want to have to go to the gym. <laughs> you know, so yeah. everybody's got their different playful ways to do things. I love yoga. They like Zumba. It doesn't matter. It, it's what makes you feel good. People do woodworking or people will sing or, or play an instrument or something. And it's, you know what's really sad, though, is that when I first moved to New Jersey, I noticed that there are no children around. I don't see any children outside playing, and yet the people across mm. the street had five children. Somebody else had two. The other people had mm. four. Where are the children? They're so totally connected and doing everything without getting up and physically moving there were no mm-hmm. big wheels, there were no roller skates, there were no, you know, skateboards, nothing in the street, no bicycles. And that's still the way it is. I think that that there's a whole generation of, of children who don't know how to play. So mm-hmm. I think your book is really good because if we teach the adults to play, maybe they'll let their children play because a lot of them don't. It's you have to go do this sport, you have to go to dance, you have to do this. It's almost yeah. like they're making the children live through them vicariously. You know, they're living through the children vicariously, which is wrong. You're not letting them have a childhood. And the kids are. I see a lot of children who are under an incredible amount of stress because of mm-hmm. the parents. 
They are yes. under so much stress. Like, no, I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. And and I'll ask them when the parents aren't in the room, is mom the problem? Is there something going on? Does mom make you do this? Do you want to do this? I don't want to do it, but I'll hurt her feelings. Oh, my God, this child is 10 or 12 years old. That's just, they don't know how to play. It's yeah. gone. Where did it go? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because, um, you know, where, whereas uh, the little ones, you know, little kids, little little toddlers, they they so naturally know how to play. Yeah. You know, they 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 something interests them. Usually, it's not the thing you paid money for. Usually, it's the empty box. Right. Or the, you know, right. the the paper that you're working on, or or uh, you know, that's all the work that's the imagination. But, <laughs> yes, yes, but they you know, but they they are so drawn into playing. And they also naturally know when they're bored with something and move on to something else. It's yeah. just so natural. And there is something about outside influences. Um, I have a six-year-old, and we homeschool him. We're in part of a, this really great creative and progressive homeschool co-op. And so these kids that he's around from his age and younger all the way up through teenagers um, have, I think, uh, um I think they 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 have a I think they're tapped into some different things than maybe a lot of kids in mainstream schooling may be, um, and it's awesome because people always see like when our when our group gets together and want a playground and the kids are actually like you know they're playing they're running around or shooting marbles or playing hopscotch and you know we get other families saying like wow how do you get your kids to play and it's just it's what they do if we let them and I think that that's the important thing to also remember about ourselves playing is what we do as humans it's what we did before we were taught as kids. Animals in the animal kingdom do it for no real reason <laughs> that our instinct is there. And we do it naturally if we let ourselves do it. Yes. And if we let our children do it, because even young ones. Now, you're in the Midwest, yes? Um, Are in you Texas. in the Midwest? Okay, you're in Texas. It's a little bit more laid back than it is in New England and New York. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm in Jersey right now, and people here are just very – they're always on the go. Nobody knows oh, how yeah. to relax. It's yeah. crazy. That's not healthy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I came – I, I, I lived for uh, uh, New York and, and, and that area for 15 years, so I'm, um, you know, very well well f- familiar with the pace. And, you know, it's interesting. My, my husband was, um, he uh, used to, to tutor mostly high school students and largely kids who were Ivy League bound. And, mm. you know, just the amount of pressure from the parents, you know. Yeah. And, and he, as you said, you know, really kind of getting to the heart of what's going on with a lot of dynamics. You know, he loves the kids, but the parents could be beat sometimes, of course, not always. Uh, but there is, there's just that... Uh, there's there's a lot of uh, uh, a transference, as you said, transference of your own dreams, and and um, you know I, I think there definitely is an extent. Um, the other thing that's happening is that this results achievement oriented uh, approach is seeping down into the schools, of course, as mm. standardized testing and you know other things are taking precedence. Um, recess, there's never been uh, as short. A or as, as little of a time for recess or even physical education now um, because uh, 
the recess time, of course, as well as the arts are, are making way, giving way to things um, like standardized testing and, you know, and, and preparing for those types of things. So that that results-oriented place, that hard work mentality, it, it's seeping down. And it's it's sad because the kids don't get to do they they don't become as well rounded because they can't mm-hmm. experience everything. And if you're not being given a childhood, maybe that's part mm-hmm. of the reason why they're they're lashing out when they're between 13 and 20 years old and they're doing strange yeah. things and and they're leaving and going places to turn around and fight back. You know, it's it's not. It, it really all comes down to being in the present moment, being aware, and being able to enjoy your life. We're here to learn joy, and we're here to give joy to others. And if we're constantly being beaten up and not allowed to play, we don't get the joy, and you can't. You cannot give joy to others if you don't even know what joy is to get for yourself. It just is too hard. You can't do it. And these little babies, I mean, you know, they're babies until they're like 13. You know, this is a child, yeah. and, and the child deserves to have you know, everybody needs love. Everybody needs joy. And to get that, there's, there's a new reality TV show, I think, that's coming up, or maybe it's on. I saw a trailer, and it was this young man. He was probably like eight or nine years old, young man, child, eight or nine years old. And he said, well, my parents told me I need to work really hard now because it will pay off later. And I thought, mm-hmm. wow, that's just the wrong message to send. I mean, work hard, but you yeah. got to play, too. Yeah. Well, and I think Mm. that, you know, you said that we were, that we're, that they're babies until they're 13. And I think we can expand that even further and say that we're all still just babies inside. I mean, we still, no matter what age we are, there is something inherent in us that needs to play, that needs to let Mm -hmm. loose, that needs to do allow for enjoy, uh, enjoying um, things just, just for the cause. We crave that. When we get the opportunity to do it, it can really go a long way. Uh, and, and, you know, and that's where, where, where my uh, desire for the book comes in, is that when we're in a place of, you know, creating something in our life and we're experiencing resistance, how much easier is it to go into that that which we're resisting against, if we have permission to do it playfully. Um, yeah, I spoke earlier about you know that I'm just I'm I'm not hop. Hop is my lowest of the low. I'm jump. I want to jump in. <laughs> the last thing I want to do is think about something and plan it out and vision it and imagine it and daydream it. That's like the last thing in the world I want to do. However, when I do it, guess what? Things go better. Surprise! <laughs> Surprise! So what can make me, I mean, the idea of making plans is like, I mean, that is just the last thing I would ever want to do. But if I can make that fun, you know, one of the tools I have in the book is to make a planetarium. So instead of writing down the vision or the dream or writing down the plan, if I can draw it on a piece of poster board and set up my planets and my orbiting bodies and my black holes and my black matters and, you know, if I can... (laughs) draw out this plan, well, that's fun to me. And so all of a sudden, I'm kind of triveting down and making a plan. <laughs> and so that's what play can do because we crave those those moments of freedom. And so not only do we need them because they feed us, they actually can help us get past places where we have resistance. And that's what I think is magical about play. Not only is it so good for us and so important, but we actually can 
almost ironically, we can get more done with play than we can when we're trying to work work hard. Oh, sure, because you're in the flow, because you're having a good time, and you're moving forward. When you're not mm-hmm. in the fl- when you're not enjoying what you're doing, you're stuck. You're not moving forward. You stop. You're stuck. Yep. You're just not moving. Energy's not going. But when you're in playfulness, you're moving forward, and so therefore it's going to happen faster. And I'm going to presume that writing this book was playful for you since it's loaded with inspiring and playful ideas. <laughs> so it had to be. I had, had so much fun. Project. I had yeah. a blast. I had a blast. And, you know, you know from, from the book that one of, one of my favorite play portals is mm-hmm. wordplay. I love to play with words. And, um, and so a lot of the fun things that, that are there in, in the book, things like, you know, Dave Letterman's style top ten lists or mm-hmm. um, haiku which is haiku poetry that I invite the reader to doodle, you know, a lot of the fun things, they're there to bring an atmosphere of fun and play to the reader. But they were also very much of my process while I was writing. You know, if I forgot stuff, I could move my energy to one of these fun word games or one of the fun exercises. That got my energy moving again. So the book is very much the result of my own playful process, which is, you know, whenever I'm stuck, it's like there's an alarm that goes off that says, beep, 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 better find some play. <laughs> and that's how very much the result of that process is, is in the book's pages. But that's really how I work best is, and encourage people to be aware of that beep, 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 need play, you know, <laughs> have that kind of receptor that makes it really clear when you need that, when you need that fun and that levity so that we don't wait too long until we're, you know, we're burnt out or we're exhausted or we've just lost all hope or, you know, we just, we, um, that's why so many ideas and dreams don't come to fruition because, you know, we, we burn out or we um, get overwhelmed or frustrated. So I think having that little internal alarm can be really helpful. And boy, I had that thing going the whole time I was writing this book. I had a blast. I'm sure you did. You can tell because it's in the writing. It definitely comes through. And you can and you know that these things work because of the way that it's written. It's almost like the proof is in the pudding. You could almost tell that she's done all these. This is why this book is good because someone has proven it and, and therefore we know it's going to work for us as a reader. I do have to put a shout out to Kim Corbin because she's your publicist at New World Library and she's actually in the book for skipping. And yes. I love Kim when I Yeah. <laughs> She's a yeah, super. awesome. Yes. Kim is awesome, I mean, and she was yeah. of course yeah. when I when I knew I was doing the book, and of course I I I knew that I had to to interview her. She uh, she is a skipper, literally. She founded a world skipping movement that encourages people to move their bodies by skipping grown ups, and so it was great to 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 feature her in that way and her great work. Um, the the physical act of skipping is such a momentum booster, you know, because you just cover so much ground and it's fun and you choke into that free feeling. What a great way to work out. What a great way to move, connect with other people. I love her stuff. Iskip.com um, is the, the website. So, yes, for a shout-out for her, for sure. Yes. You know, it's funny because I was working with her on getting some uh, people to get, be on the show quite a few years ago. I mean, quite a few years ago. And it was around Christmas time. It, and, and I think it was after Christmas, two days after Christmas. And we had so much snow here. And yet it, it all, like I could go on the lake. There wasn't any snow on the lake. It kind of didn't really stay on the lake. It melted away or something. But you could see down to the bottom 
of the, the lake. So I decided I'd go for a walk. I needed to figure out where I was going to build a labyrinth on my property. And so I went out and asked, you know, where do I want the labyrinth? And the next thing you know, I'm skipping on the lake, okay? I'm skipping because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm skipping like a little kid. I'm skipping like a little kid. It was, it was funny. I was laughing. I was skipping. I knew other people saw me, and I just didn't care. And then I talked to her a few days later, and I said, I was skipping on the lake. And she said, well, I skip. And I said, no, really, because I felt like a fool. And she started telling me about everything. I had no idea, yeah. and I had known her for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. She's she's a she's she's got great stuff going on there. I love that. I love that. That's so cool. And again, manifestation, attracting. You know, you skipped, and of course, then you 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 hooked up with someone else who's a skipper. You know, that's how it works. That's how it works. Yep. Um, so, and you know, you brought it up into that conversation, and that unfolded in that level of your connection. That's so cool. No, it was funny. I couldn't believe it. I thought, really, wait, there's an organization. I was like, oh my god, you <laughs> know, crazy, I know. good. <laughs> oh, you know, as I said, I love, I absolutely love your book, Hop, Skip, Jump, and it to me, it is a natural flow from creating time. But you don't need to read Creating Time first, though I do believe it would greatly enhance the Hop, Skip, Jump process. So, do you have a next project in the works? That's a great question. You know, I'm I'm a, I'm a jumper. So I've always got I know. That I, you know, it's like if I have an idea, everyone jokes that you know, once I have an idea, and the next day it's in its full form. So so I don't hold a whole lot of the ideas inside. <laughs> I will say I will share that something I'm jumping into now, and I'm actually really kind of enjoying the the hopping and the skipping, is um is I'm working on on a really dreamy kind of novel which is which has been wonderful um to uh, to do a whole different kind of writing rather than um writing in the inspiration and self-help field um so i'm just creating a kind of imaginary world uh, on pages and just having fun playing with characters and um it's 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 really fabulous. I'm really enjoying that for myself personally. My company, Artelloland.com, there's always stuff going on there. Uh, we've almost hit 400 ArtBundance coaches that I've trained over the past few years for the ArtBundance certification training program. We've got another one of those coming out. And that's a program that uh, trains people to use creativity and playful methods with within their own professional path, be it coaching or teaching workshops or um, doing presentations. And so that's been a wonderful way to um, really get the the techniques that I've developed for myself and my clients and really get them out there exponentially because people are taking this work and using it in their own fields from healthcare to city governments to the education system. So that's really gratifying. And so we're coming up on our, our uh, 14th, training session. Um, so our Teleland's always busting with, with fun new ways to play. It's a adventure land for artists, writers, creative entrepreneurs, creative spirits. Um, so so I, uh, we'll see. We'll see what's coming next. I, um, I'm enjoying for myself, though. I, I'm really enjoying this novel, I have to say. That feels really, really good. And there's a lot of hopping and skipping in there, which is always good for me. <laughs> Well, we have, I have interviewed people on Energy Awareness Radio who have done novels, so it's not necessarily just about self-help books. So do keep me informed because we would love to have you back. You're always oh, a great, great guest. You always great. have so much Thank information. You. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, awesome, awesome. Yeah. Well, we you're, are, you're such a 
wonderful, gracious interviewer. I always appreciate you so much. Well, thank you. And we are, unfortunately, we're almost out of time. So it's, um, this hour always goes by so fast. <laughs> but more so when you're here, because we have so much to talk about. We could probably go on for another hour. But we can't right now. And I, I really thank you so much. I'm, I very much appreciate you coming back and sharing your time and, and all the tips and tools with all of us here at Energy Awareness Radio. Thank you so much for that, Marnie. Thank you so much for having me, T. I appreciate it so much. You're welcome. So, listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. You know, we live in a very challenging and a constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I do, to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we are meant to live, productively, healthfully, purposefully, and playfully. This is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link for this show, the one that you just listened to, to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so that they can learn and grow and make the world a better place for everyone. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. So go ahead and get out your calendar and make a note of it now so you remember to tune in next week. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You'll find an archived list of past shows, the lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about other upcoming events I'll be hosting, including upcoming Crystal Singing Bowl concerts. And if you're not in the area or you can't make a concert, you can order one of my CDs, Imagine, which is the healing music of, of course, Crystal Singing Bowls, or the healing sounds of Christmas, which is the healing music of my quartz crystal harp. Both of the CDs are, real, are available on my site as well. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well.
It's not a hand. 